Kia ora, I'm Emil Donovan. This is The Detail. And guess what? The Olympics are just over two weeks away. Now New Zealand is trying to overtake Pound of Belgium. Now New Zealand is in front. Now New Zealand wins from Pound of Belgium and Curl of Western in first place. Daniel Loder going to win this event. Loder wins. Loder wins gold for New Zealand and becomes the first New Zealand swimmer to win an individual gold medal at an Olympics. Take a bow, Sarah Olber, in the front straight, and the world record may fall as well. It will! What a moment! 324-537. It's a moment to cherish. Pure gold for a humble champion. This year is a bit different to usual, obviously. It's the COVID Olympics. No international fans... Limits on crowd sizes and all that other stuff you've heard about. But New Zealand's also sending our biggest team ever. More than 200 athletes will head to Tokyo, along with hundreds of media, thousands of support staff, and billions of eyeballs locked onto the city from all around the world. Since we first participated in 1920, New Zealand has won 117 medals at the Summer Olympics, 70 of them coming in rowing, athletics and sailing. Today on the podcast, former Olympian and broadcaster Sarah Cowley-Ross, who will be covering the Games from Auckland for TVNZ, runs the ruler over who we're sending, ones to watch for the future, and which athletes might be sporting the silver fern atop the podium. The Olympics, unbelievably, are like three weeks away. It'll be less than that by the time this goes to air. That's kind of crazy, eh? Like it, it, it just it feels like it snuck up on us. Well, on me anyway. I don't know how you. How do you feel about it? Oh, I I just feel like this week for some reason it's just like we the intensity is lifted. There's just uh, an excitement in the air, a nervousness, and we're at the pointy end, and um, it's this excited tension in the air of athletes and all the people sort of around in and around the New Zealand team. Has the build-up felt to you a bit different this year compared to uh, games in in years gone by? Uh, Yes, definitely, because the postponement um, has had such an effect on athletes, support staff, the NZOC, HPSNZ and every every, national sporting organisation. I think that people you know, are used to this four-year cycle, how they run their lives. And it's kind of like this uh, race, which has been extended and people weren't sure if they were going to get to the finish line, if the finish line was going to exist. And now it's like, we're nearly there. Um, And now we're going to start the race for the real, for the real race, I guess. Sporting metaphors, I love it. Fantastic. Um, you have been to an Olympics. I think you were at the London Olympics uh, in 2012. And I, I wanted to talk a bit about this, working in cycles, because I suppose, you know, in many sports, that is it. You are sort of almost living your life in four-year cycles. Is that kind of what it's like? And, uh, you know, what, what do you think the effect of, of that extra year has on athletes? I think... Yes, definitely. Uh, people live their life in the Olympic sport world in cycles. Some sports have a pinnacle event every year, um, but certainly uh, this is the major sporting event that people have been aiming for for 
um, some people their lives. And uh, I think that the postponement has had a big effect on people's preparation, on their mindset, and has allowed people to think outside the box in terms of their training. And a lot of people have been in New Zealand for extended periods of time, which they haven't been used to. And I think some people have coped extremely well with that. And a lot of people have found it a real challenge uh, for many different reasons. Uh, And some people have used that to their advantage. And we've seen some people who it's just been a bridge too far. Do you get a sort of a bit of a vibe of, this year kind of being almost like a forgotten Olympics. Ordinarily, the Olympics will be one of the biggest things that happen in the world in any given year. And I I mean, presumably that will still be the case this year as well. But there is this thing lurking in the background that is way bigger than the Olympics, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I think... First and foremost, I would I wouldn't say that it's the Forgotten Olympics um, because um, because I'm in the mix of it. Um, so definitely like front and center on my mind, um, and many others. And if you asked any athlete, they are they are definitely not going to the Forgotten Olympics um, or support staff member. Uh, but I, I guess it's it's a it's going to be a games like no other. It's going to be a very unique experience for these athletes. Uh, but yes, you're right. Uh, there are bigger concerns. Um, this is sport, um, but sport can also bring the world together and uh, and provide a little hope to people. So whilst, uh, yeah, there's the COVID-19 pandemic has been horrific uh, for many countries and we've been very lucky in New Zealand. You know, we've, we've had a lot of struggle uh, and many people are still finding their way. But um, compared to what some other countries are dealing with, yes, it, it is sport at the end of the day. Let's talk a bit about this particular Olympics and how it's going to work. Um, maybe first of all, let's talk. There, there are some new sports this year, right? Can you run me through what those are? Well, we, um, we've actually got, for the first time, surfing athletes. It's hoped Ella Williams and Billy Stearman's appearance at the Tokyo Games will inspire even more Kiwis to get on board. It was quite emotional when I put the blazer on. I just went into the room and did it by myself and I thought, well, I'm very proud of myself for, for making it here and to making it to this, this spot in my life. I'm super confident I can medal. Um, I, I know all the athletes that are going. Um, I have competed against them before and done very well, so um, my confidence is definitely right up there. And also a karate athlete. Andrea Anakin initially picked up karate at just four years of age as a way to protect herself, but now the sport has taken her to the Olympics. It feels like a great honour to be representing my country in the sport that I love. So that's really exciting uh, for those sports, first of all, to have the opportunity to be on the Olympic platform. And it's pretty cool for us in New Zealand to be able to be sending athletes representing those sports. Yeah, karate and surfing have some New Zealand participants. There are a couple of other sports as well that are in for the first time. I don't think that we have any athletes competing in those categories, but um, like I was surprised to see that skateboarding's in there for the first time. Yes, skateboarding and also speed climbing, I believe. So uh, we don't have any athletes uh, that have reached the selection criteria for those sports, but it, it does open up opportunity for Uh, young skateboarders out there or young uh, speed climbers um, to see their sport uh, on the world stage at the Olympics. So 
who knows, there might be a budding uh, athlete out there who, who might make the team in the future. I can totally see skateboarding turning into one of those Olympic events that I get really, really into, even though I forget about it. I'm, I'm kind of like that with trampolining. I love Olympic trampolining. You know, every four years, yeah, you know, <laughs> between Olympics, I could not care less. I, I know absolutely nothing about trampolining, but then it pops up during the Olympics on the TV and it's like, oh my God, this is the best sport ever. Well, it's funny you should say that about the trampolining because Dylan Smith, he's he's amazing and he's he's our Kiwi trampolinist mm-hmm. and he did really well in Rio, so he's he's obviously got high hopes with Tokyo. Uh, but for me, obviously, the gymnastics is mm-hmm. definitely one that people seem to love at the Olympics. has been her destiny all along. I definitely like watching the gymnastics, um, but I find the diving weirdly amazing at the Olympics. Like, um, I think the symmetry of, say, like the pair high diving is is quite phenomenal. Um, Let's talk about the New Zealand Olympic team. Maybe we'll run the rule over the team and our medal prospects I think we won 18 medals in Rio, four golds. How are we looking this year from your point of view? Do you reckon we'll get close to that total, maybe even surpass it? Well, I hope we do, and I hope we surpass it. And We've got some really great medal prospects and people that are ranked really highly. When you look at our team, and we're looking like we're going to be sending our largest Olympic team at the moment, there's going to be about 210 or 212, we're just waiting on confirmation of two quota spots. That's across 22 different sports, which is great. Our women's rowing team is extremely talented. Uh, The eight at World Champs were the gold medalists, as were the pair and the double. And we've also got Emma Twig off to her fourth Olympics and trying to, uh, I guess, avenge the last two Olympics when she finished fourth. Going to Beijing, I had these big dreams of winning a medal and missing the final then by 0.05 of a second was absolutely heartbreaking. Four years later in London, I miss a medal by one placing and be fourth. And it just so happened that four years later, I crossed the finish line in fourth place again, and this time by 0.3 of a second. Uh, The sevens, we're ranked number one in the world for men's and women's. Uh, So they'll be gunning for the podium. Uh, Athletics, obviously my um, favourite, Dame Valerie Adams. Representing New Zealand is is such a proud moment. You know, you have to work very hard to represent New Zealand. You've got to work very hard to to earn the right to wear the black singlet, to wear the silver fern, to be on the world stage and to compete for a country that you love. I just hope to be the best athlete I could be and the best person I could be to inspire the next generation. And Tom Walsh. After a Diamond League win in Doha, he won another sudden death final, this time in Italy with a put of 21.47 metres. You know, Thomas Walsh. They'll really be, you know, really eyes on the podium. The strong contenders swimming, Lewis Clearbat. The NZOC's plans to power on with their preparations means athletes like Clairbert can focus on training, no longer in limbo, about Tokyo. Yes, it's pretty hard because, um, you know, I haven't really had much racing, so um, deciding, you know, deciding what to do for the next few months has, has been pretty difficult. He was third at the 2019 World Champs, and so he potentially could be our first swimming medalist since Daniel Loder. 
Lisa Carrington, she's in four different events and she has the potential to medal in all four of them. Charging into the lead towards the line. It's the Ukraine and New Zealand. Lisa Carrington, Lisa Carrington, gold medal. Uh, sailing. Pete and Blair just seem to be able to win everything that they put their hands on. 2021 in Auckland, the America's Cup remains New Zealand's Cup. So uh, we definitely watch out for them. And they're excited to be back, um, you know, on the, in the Olympic class as well, which is cool. Um, our track cyclists uh, will, will hopefully produce some medals for us. And then you've got the likes of, like, Lydia Ko, who could do something special as well, like she did in Rio when she won the silver medal. So, you know, across the board, we've got some real chances. So I think 18 medals plus is is not out of the picture. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about a couple of, um, I think it was in, in Rio that Natalie Rooney, the shooter Natalie Rooney, I think she's ranked seventh in the world, but she won a silver medal in, in Rio. You know, do you reckon that she's still in with a shot too? And I was talking to my boss, Alexia, before about the, the black sticks prospects. You know, what 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 are you thinking in, in those sorts of areas? I think there's definitely always someone like an outsider in a team that that comes through and just defies the the rankings which I think is awesome and uh the likes of Natalie Rooney even Luca Jones in Rio when she came through and won her silver medal Mm. that was phenomenal and it and it gives people hope that hey I might be going in ranked seventh or or you know even fourth or fifth but hey why can't I be on the podium too um so you know lots of people have bad days (laughs) um but a lot of people can have um, good days and exceed their expectations. I think the Black Sticks will have a hard path uh, to the podium, um, but again, they've they've shown you know that they can perform. They've they've had you know the lost Kayla Whitelock, which is a massive blow to the women's program, um, but they still have the likes of Stacey Mickelson, who you know is a great leader, um, but they've got a challenge ahead of them. We've run through the the you know the medal probables and the medal possibles. But are there athletes who spring to mind who maybe this isn't the Olympics that they're going to be on the podium, but looking to the future, you know, young guns who really excite you and and, and make you optimistic for the future? Anyone that springs to mind there? Absolutely. So one to watch, uh, I would say, is Lauren Boyle in the hammer throw. And she's out of Christchurch. uh, and she has huge potential in this event. Um, she, her and Julia Ratcliffe have been um, exchanging that national record over the summer or over the last six months. And it's been great to have them battling out together. Uh, Julia's sort of at the end stages of her career. I'm not sure what she's doing post-Tokyo, but uh, Lauren is certainly uh, one to watch in the future and um, a real threat in Paris. And we have to remember that Paris is only three years away now, uh, so it's going to going to roll round quite quickly. The Olympics this year is going to be missing some real big names for the first time in a long time. I'm thinking, for example, of um, you know the men's hundred meters. You know. I was I was a teenager the last time someone other than Usain Bolt won the 100 metres in men's athletics. Who are some of the big name athletes, international athletes, not just in New Zealand, who you're really looking forward to seeing in the flesh? The US trials just happened in the weekend and uh, the times that people were running 
uh, across the board um, were crazy. Madness, yeah. um, so the women's 400 meter hurdles world record was broken. Sydney McLaughlin gets ahead of the world champion and the Olympic champion. Sydney's time is now. And what does that time look like? 52, 51 zero. That's a new world record. Uh, and it was just like people are running insanely fast at, at this point um, a month out. And I think that the shoe technology has certainly influenced um, times. So I have no doubt that we will see, if the track is fast in Tokyo, uh, we will see more world records broken. Uh, I'm also really looking forward to the men's decathlon. That's going to be a bit of a showdown as well between the current world record holder and a guy that uh, just just came close to um, potentially going ahead of him in the ranking. So it's Kevin Meyer from France versus Damian Warner in the, uh, from Canada. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just every event will 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 turn it up because that they know athletes know that this, you know, it's this they've waited five years for this. So it's usually four years, but obviously five this time. And so people will show up in their best nick. As you mentioned, you know, normally you're working along a four-year cycle. This time it's been five years. Someone who's just an Olympic spectator listening to this might think, you know, it's only a year, what's the big deal? But do you think that that extra year could actually have been helpful for some Athletes. I mean, I'm thinking in particular of um, the, the swimmer that you mentioned earlier, Lewis Clearbert. You know, Lewis is 20 years old and and won a bronze at the World Champs last year. Surely that will be a massive confidence booster going into your first Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's opportunity for extra training hours, for extra strength. And I look at, you know, some of the people in the athletics team, um, for example, they've had another year to prepare. Um, physically so there's no excuse that they're not stronger um, or more powerful or, or fitter um, aerobically um, and I think the challenge has really been a mental like mentally have they been able to handle the load and the rigor of another year of grind because it's not all um, fairy tales as an athlete it's hard work and it's hard yakka and for an athlete who uh, was looking at this extended finish line um, over a year ago, thinking, can I actually keep going? It was a decision that if they were in, they were really in. Um, and for those people that, for whatever reason, whether it was family commitments or um, injury or just they had done their time. That was a, a bridge too far for them to cross. But when I look at the likes of a Portia Woodman, mm. who uh, ruptured her Achilles in 2019 and was really sort of rushing, not rushing back, but was sort of in a, in a stage where she could have gone to the Games last year had they been on, but she knew that she wouldn't have been at her best. Now, a year later, she's in devastating form and back to the best that we've seen her seen her at. So athletes like that, they've definitely used it to their advantage. At the other end of the spectrum, this is going to be, in some ways, quite an emotional Olympics in that there are several, you know, real legendary athletes from New Zealand for whom this 
I mean, never say never, but it might be their last Olympics. You mentioned Valerie Adams, uh, Lisa Carrington's 32. I mean, she could probably probably do one or two more. Uh, Nick Willis as well. You know, these are these are real storied athletes who who it's kind of a privilege to to watch every time that you see them in the Olympics now, eh? Yeah, it is, and you know, it's a real privilege for them to be able to do the sport that they love to represent New Zealand and uh, have hopefully empower other people, not necessarily to be Olympic athletes, but just to be more active in life, um, to get moving, to try something new, to be courageous. And for me, that's what the inspiration of the Olympics is about. And and to your point, I think that, yes, there there definitely will be some significant retirements after Tokyo. uh, And I hope that they get the fairy tale that they all want. Not everyone does, but um, hopefully uh, they perform to their expectations. Who are the most capped Olympians among this? Because there are some people who've been to a serious number of Olympics, eh? Yes, so Dame Val, this will be her fifth Olympics and she will join Barbara Kendall as uh, um, who has also done five Olympics. Um, I'm not entirely sure how many Olympics Sumak Todd did, but I'm pretty sure he's the front runner. I think he went to seven. And so just finally on this, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of days ago about the Olympics. And I said, are you excited? And he was like, nah, not really, because, you know, it's COVID. There are so many other things going on in the world. Moo, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. Give him a pep talk, Sarah. Why should he get excited about this? <laughs> get excited! This only is, this has been five years in the making. And I think that, <laughs> like any sporting event, New Zealanders will get behind our team. When the game starts, we will rally and we will want our athletes to do well, regardless um, if what your views are and whether the Olympics should go ahead or should not. I think once the Games get started, we'll, we'll be into it. And, uh, and I hope that all of New Zealand is able to look at our team with pride uh, for their courage to be on the world stage and um, for all the, the values that they represent. That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Veal and produced by Alexia Russell and Mark Jennings. And thanks to Sarah Cowley-Ross. Kaki te ano.